For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. This is part 17 of the series. Martha said unto him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So what Yeshua was trying to get Martha or modern Christianity to understand is that your brother or Lazarus, which prophetically represents the exiles of Israel scattered in the nations of the world, that they will rise again, that there will be an end of the exile. They'll return to the land of Israel. And so traditional Christianity is firm in believing that in the end of days that there will be a personal resurrection. And this is what Martha is referring to. And the resurrection is going to take place on the last day. Now the last day is a reference to messianic times. John chapter 6 in verse 40, verse 44, and verse 54. And this is the will of him that sent me that everyone that sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So was Martha correct in understanding that there will be a resurrection on the last day? Yes. But in her mind, she's thinking of an individual personal resurrection, which will happen. She is not entertaining the thought, or traditional Christianity does not entertain the thought that in the last day or in Messianic times, the Messiah is going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. In 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2, in verses 1 and 2, it is written, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, and by our gathering together unto him. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2, this gathering together unto him is called the day of Christ, or the day of Messiah. So the gathering together is in the day of Messiah, or it's in the Messianic era. It's in the last day. And this last day is called the third day from Yeshua's first coming, where we understand that a day is likened to a thousand years, as we're told in Psalm chapter 90 and verse 4, and repeated in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. In Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it is written, Come, and let us return unto the Lord. He has torn, that is, taken us into exile. He will heal us, that will 
will gather us from exile. He has smitten, he will bind us up. After two days, or after 2,000 years, he will revive us. And the reviving is returning his people to the Torah, expressing their faith in Yeshua as the Messiah by following the Torah. This will happen at the end of 2,000 years from Yeshua's first coming. But then as we start the third 1,000 years, that is the third day, he will raise us up. That is gathering the 12 tribes of Israel. And when he gathers us, we will live in his sight. That is, Yeshua will set his feet down on the Mount of Olives. He will set up his kingdom and the 12 tribes united will rule and reign with him in the kingdom. The day of the Lord, that is the last day, Messianic times, is associated with Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 6 and 7. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. That day is great. What day? The day of the Lord, or the last day. It is the time of Jacob's trouble. And it is during Jacob's trouble where we have the uniting of the twelve tribes of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 3. For lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, says the Lord. I'm going to cause them to return to the land that I gave to the fathers, and they shall possess it. The subject is Israel and Judah returning to the land. And regarding Israel and Judah returning to the land, it says, alas, for that day is great. What day? The day that Israel and Judah return to the land. What day? The day of the Lord. What day? That last day. It's great, and none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, or the tribulation period. In John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Yeshua makes the statement that he is the resurrection and the life. Yeshua said unto her, that is Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Does traditional Christianity believe that Yeshua is the resurrection and the life? Yes. Does traditional Christianity believe that he that believes in Yeshua, though he were dead, he will live again, be resurrected? Yes. Does traditional Christianity believe that whoever lives and believes in Yeshua will never suffer eternal death, but will be resurrected? Yes. And so Martha replies this way, John chapter 11, verse 27. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, which would come into the world. Now, the context is Yeshua is making a statement to Martha that he is the resurrection and the life in the setting that he is able to raise Lazarus from the dead, who is a prophetic picture of the exiles of Israel. And Yeshua is making a statement to Martha that would be traditional Christianity that he is the Messiah and that he's going to resurrect Lazarus because he's the resurrection and the life. He's the Messiah and he gathers the 12 tribes of Israel. And he is asking Martha whether she believes that Yeshua is the resurrection and the life. Well, Martha misses the point of what Yeshua is saying, believing that when he says he's the resurrection and the life, she's thinking that 
that he is asking whether she believes whether he is the Messiah and the Savior of the world. And so that is her response. And after giving her response that I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, which should come into the world, then in John 11 verse 28, when she had said so, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly saying, the master is come and calls for you. Wait a second. Yeshua didn't tell Martha to go get Mary because he was calling for her. She did that on her own. And so this is a prophetic picture that when Martha or traditional Christianity espouses that they believe that Yeshua is the savior of the world and is the Messiah, rather than understanding in a deeper way who he is as the Messiah, that he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel and that that is a messianic task, instead of listening long enough to understand that, she immediately makes her statement and goes to Mary, which is a prophetic picture of Judaism, and is trying to convince Judaism that Yeshua is the Messiah. The Master is come, and he calls for you. Now we're going to see in John chapter 11, verse 31, Mary's, which is a prophetic picture of Judaism, their attitude toward Lazarus being dead, which is a prophetic picture of the nation of Israel in exile. John chapter 11, verse 31, the Jews then, which were with her in the house, meaning studying Torah, comforted her. And comfort is associated with the end of the exile. When they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her saying, she goes under the grave to weep there. And this is the Jewish attitude regarding the exile. They pray for the end of the exile three times a day in traditional Judaism. And they pray for the end of the exile in Jerusalem at a place known as the Wailing Wall. Now we're going to see in John chapter 11 verses 33 and 35 Yeshua's attitude toward the exile of the house of Jacob. In John chapter 11 verse 33 and 35 it is written, When Yeshua therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her. And so this is a prophetic picture of Jews praying for the end of the exile and thus praying for the coming of King Messiah. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And then we have the shortest verse in the Bible. John chapter 11 verse 35, Yeshua wept. Why is Yeshua weeping? He's weeping for Lazarus. And Lazarus is a prophetic picture of the house of Jacob in exile. Yeshua weeps that his people are in exile. And then in John chapter 11 verses 38 and 39, we see where Yeshua requests to roll away the stone because he's going to begin the process to call forth Lazarus from the tomb. Yeshua therefore again groaning in himself came to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Yeshua said, take away the stone. And what this is a prophetic meaning is that the stone represents the stony heart. And a stony heart is one that won't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and thus won't follow his Torah. That in order for Lazarus to be resurrected, in order for the exiles of Israel to be regathered, you have to remove their stony heart. What is a stony heart? Zechariah chapter 7 verses 11 and 12. But they refused to hearken. They pulled away the shoulder. They stopped their ears that they should not hear. They made their hearts as adamant stone. So this is a stony heart. Lest they should hear the Torah
up in the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by his former prophets. What is the difference between a heart of stone and a heart of flesh? A heart of stone can't overcome the flesh. A heart of stone can't overcome the sin nature. A stony heart will be influenced by the natural circumstances in your life rather than standing on the covenant promises of God. A stony heart doesn't follow the Torah. Yeshua explained about a stony heart in the parable of the sower that the seed that was sown on stony ground or a stony heart only endures for a time receiving the word with gladness but when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake then they become offended. This is all a stony heart wherein a heart of flesh is a heart that when he sees that he's wrong he's willing to repent. A heart of flesh can be molded and shaped. You can work with it. A heart of flesh loves the Torah, loves the God of Israel and a heart of flesh will seek to follow after the Torah of Yeshua and be successful in doing it with the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In Ezekiel in chapter 36 verses 26 and 27 we see the role of the Holy Spirit in helping the heart of flesh to follow the Torah. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. What happens when we receive a heart of flesh? I will put my spirit within you. That is the Holy Spirit. And what will happen with the indwelling Holy Spirit and the person who has a heart of flesh? I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes and to keep my judgments and to do them. Yeshua then tells Martha, who's a prophetic picture of Christianity, to believe that he will resurrect Lazarus. In John chapter 11 and verses 39 and 40, it is written, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks. Well, this expresses the attitude of traditional Christianity regarding the nation of Israel being exiled in the nations. They say, oh, you know, that's just old covenant. That was way back there. That was in a different time. That happened a long time ago. That doesn't pertain to today. All that you need to do to today is just believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And that's all what's important. And Israel being in exile isn't an important thing for us today. And so this is represented by Martha's answer to Yeshua saying regarding Lazarus, by this time he stinks for he's been dead for days. But Yeshua said unto her, or Yeshua is prophetically speaking to Christianity and saying, did I not say to you that if you would believe, that if you would believe that I'm the Messiah who gathers the 12 tribes of Israel, that you will see the glory of God or you'll see me being glorified? Because the gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel is associated with Yeshua the Messiah being glorified. Yeshua then prays for the resurrection of Lazarus. In John chapter 11 verses 41 and 42 it is written, Then they took away the stone, and this is prophetically speaking of rolling away the stony heart from the exiles of Israel, from the place where the dead was laid. And Yeshua lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said that they may believe that you sent me. And so Yeshua prayed in John chapter 17, verse 21, that they all may be one as you father are in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world would believe that you have sent me. So Yeshua prayed for the gathering and uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. And he says in John chapter 11, verse 42, I'm doing it that they may believe that you've 
sent me. So Yeshua prays in John chapter 7 verse 21 that they may be one, that the world would believe that you have sent me. That the revelation of Yeshua as the Messiah to his people and the world comes about when he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel when he is glorified. Now in John chapter 11 verse 43 we see that Yeshua resurrects Lazarus. And when he thus has spoken, he cried with a loud voice. Now the deeper meaning of the loud voice, the way you would render a loud voice or a loud shout in Hebrew, it's a teruah. And it's the sound that the shofar makes. And it's through the blowing of the shofar, which is likened to a loud voice or a loud noise or a loud shout, is how the prophets say that the exiles of Israel are going to be gathered to the land of Israel. So when Yeshua cried with a loud voice, Lazarus come forth. Rosh Hashanah is known as Yom Teruah, the day of the awakening blast or shout. In Leviticus in chapter 23 verse 24 it is written, Speak unto the children of Israel saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. A shofar is blown to gather the exiles of Israel. Isaiah chapter 27 verse 13. And it will come to pass in that day that the great trumpet or the great shofar shall be blown and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcasts in the land of Egypt and they shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. In John chapter 11 and verse 44 Lazarus is resurrected by Yeshua and he that was dead that is Lazarus came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin. He that was dead came forth. Well, who is that which is dead? The exiles of Israel. They're regarded as being dry bones in Ezekiel chapter 37 and verses 1 through 14. Now in John chapter 11 verse 44, Yeshua gives this instruction. Yeshua said to them, loose him and let him go. Well, he's going to be loosed from his grave clothes. He's going to be loosed from his captivity. He's going to be loosed from his bondage. And what caused the nation of Israel to go into exile by breaking the covenant. So if you're going to loose him and by breaking the covenant, he got bound up, went into exile. If you're going to loose him, what you're going to do is you're going to do the opposite, which caused him to go into exile. And what caused the nation of Israel to go into exile was breaking the covenant. So if you're going to loose him, then you're going to teach him Torah. So in resurrecting Lazarus or in awakening the eyes of the exiles of Israel, the instruction is to teach them Torah. We see how the exiles of Israel will be set free and taught Torah in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Proclaim liberty, set them free. Who's he proclaiming liberty to? The captives. Who are the captives? The exiles of Israel. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. In Jeremiah chapter 3 verses 14 and 15 it is written, Turn, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married unto you. I will take you one of a city and two of a family and I will bring you to Zion. When he brings his people to Zion, he ends their captivity. He unites the 12 tribes of Israel. And then it says regarding bringing his people to Zion, I will give you pastures according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Being fed with knowledge and understanding means that they will be taught Torah. In John chapter 11, verse 45, as a result of Yeshua resurrecting Lazarus from the dead, which is a prophetic picture of Yeshua, 
Yeshua gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel, many Jews became believers that Yeshua is the Messiah. In John chapter 11, verse 45, it is written, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Yeshua did, which specifically in this case is resurrecting Lazarus, or prophetically speaking, gathering the exiles of Israel, they believed on him. Yeshua died for the ultimate purpose of gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. But before he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel, his death is for the purpose of forgiving their sins for breaking the covenant at Mount Sinai. The physical regathering takes place and the fulfillment of the messianic task in its completion is at the second coming. John chapter 11 verses 49 through 51, Caiaphas prophesies that Yeshua is going to die for a nation as it is written. And one of them named Caiaphas being the high priest that same year said on them, you know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Yeshua would die for that nation. So what nation is Caiaphas prophesying that Yeshua would die for? It is the house of Judah. It is the southern kingdom. It is the Jewish people. Because in the next verse, in John chapter 11, verse 52, it says, and not for that nation only. So Caiaphas prophesied that Yeshua would die for that nation. And then the next verse says, and not for that nation only. So how many nations is Yeshua dying for? He is dying for two. Now, who are these two nations? He goes on to describe them in John chapter 11, verse 52. But he would gather together in one the children of God scattered abroad. So these two nations are the children of God. They're scattered abroad and they are to become one. Now, who are two nations in the Bible who got scattered in the nations of the world? They are the children of God because he's in covenant relationship with them and they are going to be gathered from the nations where they've been scattered and brought back to the land of Israel. This is describing northern kingdom and southern kingdom. This is describing Ephraim or the ten tribes and the house of Judah or the Jewish people that we can see here that Yeshua died on the tree for the ultimate purpose to gather and unite the twelve tribes of Israel. Lazarus is a prophetic picture of the twelve tribes of Israel in exile and in John chapter 11 in our studies today we see that Yeshua is making a prophetic declaration that not only is he the Messiah but he is the one that's going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and when is he physically going to be doing this he's going to be doing it at his second coming and when he does he is going to be glorified his people will recognize that he's the Messiah they'll recognize that they need to follow his Torah and there's going to be a celebration when Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives he's going to set up his kingdom and the 12 tribes united are going to rule and reign with him over the nations. At that time, they will be teaching the Torah to the nations as we're told in Isaiah in chapter 2 and verse 3. So this teaching and this teaching series is a part of a discipleship program that Hebraic Heritage Ministries offers. This discipleship program is a monthly program and it's available in audio and DVDs. It is a monthly program that covers a variety of subjects to help you understand the basics 
in the foundational understanding of the Hebraic roots of Christianity. Now, remember always these words from 1 John in chapter 2 and verse 6. He who says he abides in him, he who says that he's a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah, ought himself to walk. That means to live our lives even as he walked. And how did Yeshua walk? Or how did Yeshua live his life? He followed the Torah of his father. Even as Yeshua instructed those who believed on him in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, which means we should follow the Torah of Yeshua. Shalom. Well, that's going to conclude part 17 of the series on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.